Welcome to Looking Back at Lost, where each week I usually look at another episode of ABC's Lost to see how that episode fits into the series as a whole, but today I'll be previewing Season 4. First of all, right off the bat, apologies to Pete from the PH Geek Pop Culture Podcast, available on iTunes and at uh, phgeekpodcast.blogspot.com. Uh, last week he and I had actually recorded a Season 4 preview, and because of some of those uh, pesky technical issues that uh, I've been... Uh, or at least I was dealing with, uh, that uh, had, well, basically it was a complete wash, and uh, I only was able to confirm that earlier today, the very day that uh, this Season 4 preview will be going up uh, on the website and iTunes. So apologies, Pete. Uh, We certainly had a a wonderful conversation, which I will attempt to uh, replicate solo here. So uh, with that, let's get into talking about Season 4. I'd say if there's one kind of uh, overarching memory of the season, it's kind of, uh, uh, it was uh, looking ahead to it, uh, you know, when, when, when watching it in real time, anticipating it in real time, I think there certainly was a feeling of uh, nervous anticipation. This was, of course, uh, the first season to move to the, uh, the model of uh, 16 episodes a season. Uh, obviously, that wouldn't come to fruition for season four for reasons that we'll get into in a moment. Uh, but with that shorter season, with those, that guarantee of consecutive episodes, uh, the series moved from uh, September premieres, kind of moving September to May in some sort of block, or at least as they had attempted for season three, to now uh, what would essentially become either late January or early February premieres, uh, and that indeed was the case. Uh, the last episode of season three was uh, late May, and then season four wouldn't premiere until January 31st, 2008. So I think that that, that did impact, um, I think it impacted how we watched it to some degree. Uh, now, if the show had always been on uh, for, for half seasons, I think we would have minded less. But the fact that, you know, in past seasons it had been some fantastic uh, cliffhanger to end the season. And then, you know, you kind of basically know it's a hop, skip, and a jump over the summer. A couple barbecues, a couple uh, checking in with your favorite lost rumor site or reading some of the headline entertainment headlines that they've started filming. Or the writers are, you know, hard working or... Uh, you know, uh, Lindelof and Cues and others appearing at uh, San Diego Comic-Con, perhaps, uh, you know, your your uh, Dharma uh, alternate reality games and this sort of thing. Uh, you know, hop, skip, and a jump, you get to, say, September 1st, and you say, oh, goodness gracious, it's only a couple weeks away for uh, for Lost to come back. So that was, that was not the case here. Uh, I think that, in a sense, it kind of was to the detriment of the... 
I don't want to say of the show, kind of of the interactivity that there was this long break. Now, the flip side is, you know, most of the rest of the world does shorter seasons and they deal. And certainly if you're a fan of, uh, of cable shows, whether it's basic or pay, uh, they do these shorter seasons and, you, and you're meant to, uh, to follow along. And I think most times you do, you get done with that, that 13 episode run of, uh, sons of anarchy or true blood or whatever it might be. And, uh, you just kind of say, okay, well now it's a big, long, big, long stretch, uh, not to get, uh, you know, too far off the tangent here, I think that um, certainly it was not in vogue at this point in 2008 for cable channels to do what I'm about to describe, but it would have been nice if Lost took the tact of what a lot of the shows on USA do, which is they will have a 16-episode season, as uh, the intention was for season four or five and six, uh, and then they'll do eight episodes, uh, take a break for mm, two months or so, uh, maybe less, depending on on how the schedule is. Uh, p- perhaps take that break uh, around a holiday. So let's say maybe eight weeks preceding mm, December fifteenth. You have, you know, you get busy with the holidays, and then maybe come back toward the end of February. Do the other eight uh, episodes, uh, and then do a uh, a proper season break. But at that point, you're in let's say April or so, and uh, maybe you come back again in, in September. Uh, so it's a way to kind of stretch stretch that out a bit. Um, Lost obviously didn't do that, with the kind of exception of season four, uh, which which was a bit of a necessity with the writers' strike. Uh, which kind of continuing this this topic of feeling a little a little nervous heading into the season. Certainly, I think the writers' strike was the biggest um, the biggest concern for us as Lost fans. And I'm certainly not trying to. You know, to get into the 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 union or the business end of of why the strike occurred, I think uh, given that the strike was uh, was uh, so well supported by uh, writing staffs, by actors in many cases, number of shows shut down. Uh, I think certainly uh, that you know the the end result was what the the writers uh, were looking for in terms of you know securing digital rights and whatnot. Digital rights also being, I might add, uh, something that you can see uh, Lost evolving into, which I'll just quickly mention, lest I have too many balls juggling in the air with no notes in front of me and forget. Uh, Throughout the season, Lost viewership would decline, uh, but I believe this also was the season, although maybe it was season three. Um, But somewhere around here, 2007, 2008, is when uh, the Nielsen ratings people uh, started to uh, count, uh, you know, those DVR numbers, those on-demand numbers, uh, as part of the audience to some degree. Maybe it was season three. Now that I think about it, but bottom line is this: I think that for a show like Lost, where you want to be able to sit and discuss and refresh and rewind and pause, uh, I know I was watching it on on a DVR, whether it was TiVo, whether it was a DVD recorder that I could, that I could pause while watching, you know, quote unquote live. Um, and, you know, just looking at the ratings here, uh, the first episode of season four, the beginning of the end starts with 17.7 million viewers. By the time you get to, uh, let's see, it looks like the low point is, uh, something nice back home. The 10th episode, which was 12.95, then you have uh, 
the the uh, last two episodes of the season, which were broadcast as There's No Place Like Home Part 2, which uh, DVD and Netflix and I will be calling No Place Like Home Parts 2 and 3, but those two jointly, when airing on May 29th, 2008, uh, they had slightly under 14 million viewers, so a drop. Uh, I remember at one time, and I'm sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before, uh, I remember kind of going back and crunching the numbers as, as Nielsen started to report these DVR numbers, what's called uh, Live Plus 3 and Live Plus 7, uh, and uh, basically there, not, there was not a drop in lost viewership from the first season. Maybe a little tick downward, I think a couple hundred thousand viewers. Um, yes, the audience grew some, particularly in the second season with uh, all the buzz that the show had from the first season, uh, but basically the core of us made it the entire way. Some of us watching live, some of us watching uh, you know, DVR and whatnot. So that certainly is another, you know, another aspect. But to to get back to the writers' strike, uh, it was this great black cloud because the writers' strike you could see coming for months and months and months and months. Uh, I believe, and of course I don't have it in front of me. Why would I? Because I'm only talking about the writers' strike. But um, I believe, let's see. Here we go. We have a nice little link to follow here in Wikipedia. Uh, certainly, as we know, the plan was 16 episodes for season four. Eight of those were filmed before the the start of the writer's strike, which, uh, let's see if I can get an exact date here. It is, uh, yes, it is, as I recalled, it was November 2007 uh, when the strike started, and then the strike concluded February 12th. So, yeah, as I said, it had been clear for... Quite some time. I mean, the writer's contract, I won't get into the particulars too much, but the writer's contract, uh, you know, had this end date of, uh, of fall 2007. And this threat of a strike was clear. It wasn't just that one day the contract ended and now there were no more writers. So um, you could see it coming. And I think the biggest concern for us as Lost fans in particular regardless uh, you know that the rest of us do uh, do watch other television shows the biggest concern was but now there's less episodes of lost as it is they've pushed back when they start filming because they don't need to populate four episodes or three episodes in september and four in october and have a whole good bunch in november for november sweeps etc cetera, etc cetera. this this wasn't a concern of the lost production staff to have you know a the neighborhood of eight episodes ready to go before uh, Thanksgiving. Uh, so they hadn't. So they had started later because they had more time to really, you know, polish the scripts and get every, you know, get all their ducks in a row. And then this, this, uh, this strike comes along and we've now gone from seasons that have, uh, well, season three has 23 hours to it and, uh, and now this prospect of, okay, I know it's 16, but it's with the end date, and it's 16 times 3, and blah, blah, blah. And then to say, now we're down to 8. And you hear you hear about some shows simply, uh, simply taking what they had shot and saving it for the next season. So you're saying, oh my goodness, we, we, you know, we might have potentially 18 months uh, between episodes of Lost. That's, that's really going to ruin the discussion and and uh the you know the whole cohesiveness 
So certainly that was a big concern. Uh, I'll, I'll kind of conclude that discussion by saying, yes, the strike ends. You say, oh, yay, there'll be no interruption, except, you know, strike ends second week in February. And the last uh, episode pre-strike airs March 20th. That's Meet Kevin Johnson, which we'll talk more about in a bit. Uh, well, well, goodness, to, you know, that's, that's, that's no time to resume episodes uh, in any sort of consistent flow, which was the whole idea all along, that it was a detriment for Lost to be shown. Three episodes on, one week of uh, rerun, two episodes, one week not there because of the such-and-such special on ABC. So we have our eight episodes in a row, and then then we get to a point that'll be really interesting for my rewatch because, yes, you technically get... Well, you're supposed to get eight, eight episodes because of, uh, you know, because of an abbreviated production time. Uh, they then cut that to 14 episodes. Then on top of that, it's a three-hour uh, uh, season finale. So essentially, you come back, you have eight episodes in a row, you come back over a month later and get Shape of Things to Come, Something Nice Back Home, and Cabin Fever. You get three episodes, then you start your season finale. Which might be a matter of semantics, you know, so fine, it's, you know, the, you, you conclude May, May 15th and May 29th with uh, first one episode, then two, uh, but it kind of was this feeling of you waited so long for Lost to come back, uh, and then, you know, then it goes away again, then it comes back for a couple of weeks, and uh, and indeed, looking at this, Yes, 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 and the memories coming back here are... And let us not forget that there was the, uh, one more break, looking at the dates here. There's No Place Like Home Part 1, uh, aired on May 15th, and then it there was no loss the following week, and then the concluding two hours, There's No Place Like Home Part 2, now renamed Part 2 and Part 3, aired on May 29th. Now, that was because, uh, essentially, ABC didn't have a full schedule, so it ran... <laughs> It, it it ended up running all its uh, top shows on Thursday nights, uh, which was yet another time slot change for Lost. I think certainly we understood it because they were, you know, at the end of the day, ABC was paying the bills for this show. And if they needed to move stuff around in order to string viewers together to, to pay for those bills, to pay for those shows, we, we would accept it. But what was meant to be 16 consecutive episodes ends up being eight in a row. Then one, two, three, four in a row, and then two on the same night with with breaks in between. So that, I mean, that made the viewing interesting. I think, you know, there's, amongst us fans, when we were watching it new, you know, watching it live or, or whatever, you know, back in, back during this time in 2008, I think there was, not even before that, during the course of the show, uh, after the first season, I think there was a bit of a, a, a of a spoiled brat sense going on in that you spend an entire season building, building, building uh, to the finale in many ways. Not that not that every episode serves the finale, but you reach a point where you say, ah, here we are. You know, here we are. We finally learned so much. The struggle is over, et cetera, et cetera. Then they spring some new struggle on you which is understandable, which is television. Uh, but then 
the, you know, they reset the clock for the season, and you know, just when we were settling into, uh, oh, I don't know, just when we were settling into getting to know those, uh, you know, those others, and you know, seeing Ben in charge and Ben at Othersville and Juliet, blah blah blah. Then they reset the clock and you say, oh, geez, there's these new freighter people. They're not interesting. They're not Jack. They're not Kate. They're not this, that, the other. Which, of course, you know, they are. I mean, maybe your, you know, your Faradays and your Charlottes and your Miles aren't, uh, you know, aren't beloved, let's say, the way uh, the way Libby was or, or Anna Lucia. I, I know many people don't care for Anna Lucia, but I think certainly uh, even if you don't like her. I do, but even if you don't like her, she certainly was entertaining. Uh, and perhaps, you know, as I said, perhaps the Faradays and Charlottes and Miles uh, were maybe not as uh, not as juicy character, you know, as juicy characters in the beginning. Uh, or maybe again, maybe it was just kind of this, you know, spoiled brat attitude that we had, where you know they're taking up the time where we want to see other things, as opposed to simply acknowledging that these are new characters because it's a new direction for the show because it's a new season. Uh, so anyhow, with that, I think I'll just uh, talk a little bit about some of the uh, some of the episodes uh, that I'm looking forward to re-seeing. We're, we're basically entering a point now uh, in the show where the number of these episodes I have seen more than once uh is is decreasing there's there's quite a bit of season four and season five and season six for that matter that i think uh you know uh perhaps at the time i didn't feel i loved as much and again i'm you know when i talk about this spoiled brat thing i'm certainly including myself in that that you know you're you don't see the show from may until january and i think certain uh you know it the the hope of it, the anticipation of it, almost uh, you know, grows so large in your mind that when it's not the most amazing episode ever, when it's not you know some some you know finale every week, uh, it, you know it it feels a bit different, and that perhaps that's unfairly so. Anyhow, let's uh, we'll talk about a couple of these episodes in season four that I know I'm looking forward to, uh, things I'm watching out for, etc. Uh, we start with the beginning of the end, which, uh, you know, is uh, is a cute name for it. I mean, it works out nicely that the end is, you know, the, the series finale. Uh, it's also true. I mean, we've now kind of turned the corner. Uh, it is, of course, uh, the introduction of the Oceanic Six. And uh, as I think I've mentioned before on the podcast, and if not, it's a, a, a memory remnant from Pete and I discussing this on, on the the Lost, no pun intended, Lost season four preview. Uh, I remember at the time lots of discussion online about who the Oceanic Six would be, and obviously that's fair. Uh, but also, you know, obviously we know it's Jack, we know it's Kate, based on uh, based on the season three finale. But to add to that, I, I remember there was lots of discussion. Uh, would Aaron, you know, if Aaron made it off? Uh, would he be included in the six? Lots of discussion back and forth, which in retrospect is just ridiculous. How many people, you know, hop off that plane uh, in Los Angeles when it lands? There's six of them, including a baby. Thus it is the six. Uh, there is, of course, you know, the kind of the added, 
oh, the added business of, uh, you know, it's not just the Oceanic Six that got off, uh, which, uh, as I recall, is not something that they... No, it definitely is something that, that you don't know about for the course of the whole season uh, until, of course, the, the very end with uh, the island moving and all that. So the notion that there was more than the six uh, is a rather juicy notion indeed. Um, and, uh, you know, a bit of a, I don't want to say a MacGuffin because it's, it's not, but it's a bit of a, of a twist. You know, we're told the Oceanic Six, and that's both honest because it's the six people from Oceanic, asterisk for Aaron, who was on there in utero. Uh, but of course, it's more than the six. Uh, so there you go. Uh, let's see, moving on. You know, that, that of course, is the episode two uh, as well, where we start to get introduced to, uh, to uh, uh, some of our freighter people. That certainly is, uh, at least I think it is, as I recall. Let me take a click here. Doesn't Faraday land in the course of that episode? Yes, there we go. Quick little refresh, courtesy of Wikipedia. Uh, again, you know, we're kind of we're kind of entering this uh, we're entering a stage here where I've seen some of these episodes less, so kind of my my inherent memory is somewhat uh, you know might be inaccurate at times. Uh, I suppose it works <laughs> works with the theme of the show, given that we have the first three seasons, which uh, which uh, I've rewatched more ahead of doing the rewatch for for the podcast. So all part of the adventure, I suppose. Anyhow, let's see. So in uh, in the second episode, that's where we, where we really start to get to know uh, Faraday, Charlotte, Miles, and Frank Lapidus. Uh, as I recall, too, it's in that episode where uh, Faraday is watching uh, a TV uh, discussing the uh, the recent to him crash of eight fifteen, and there's an eight hundred number there. Uh, and if it's not in this episode, it's in one of the others. But I'm all but sure that that it's this one. Uh, and at least at the time, it was a working 800 number, which was fun to kind of pause the episode, call it, put it on speakerphone, have, have everyone gather around as they talk about uh, you know, the, the 815 crash and whatnot. Uh, the third episode, The Economist, uh, certainly uh, shocking in that you then see Saeed working for Ben at the end. That's the reveal. Uh, he's back to being an assassin. You know it's the future because he now has some some gray or white hair mixed in uh, with uh, the rest of his locks, no pun intended. Um, it's also an episode where I remember a discussion uh, about... How does this go? I remember this discussion about it, this theory that Ben sending, uh, sending Saeed to kill someone at the end of the episode... Uh, that that was a flashback and that the person that gets killed is the guy on the golf course at the beginning of the episode. Uh, I don't particularly think that that ended up being the case. I think it was just kind of a, an elegant theory that didn't carry any water. Certainly something I'll be looking uh, out, you know, l- looking for there uh, when I watch it in a few weeks' time. Uh, Eggtown sticks out in my mind as... Uh, kind of being quietly criticized for being a little uh, heavy-handed in uh, the notion of Eggtown and fertility and the different ways that that was explored. Uh, after that, of course, 
the constant, the the great, great, great episode. Uh, what I would argue is is the greatest non-finale uh, episode for for the series. Just an absolutely you know, wonderful, elegant construction of an episode. Uh, a return to a return to flashbacks of a sort, uh, but of course told in linear fashion as the uh, you know as as we follow Desmond's. Uh, contemporary, which is to say 2004 uh, consciousness, we follow it in a linear fashion as it bops back and forth and just, you know, uh, so that was the episode I had watched on, on the, uh, the, uh, the one year, uh, you know, the one year time since uh, the finale had ended. And I, I think that that perhaps is the best episode to watch at, at you know, anytime you're thinking of Lost that you're, you're noting uh, an 8.15 or uh, an anniversary of the finale or an anniversary of the, uh, the show starting. Uh, let's see. With that, another one that jumps out in my mind is the seventh episode, G. Yeon, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, which I suspect I'm not. Uh, but <laughs> I'll have an opportunity to uh, improve my Korean when we uh, get to that episode. As is always the case with Sun and Jin episodes, it doesn't necessarily move the ball uh, very far plot-wise in terms of, you know, smoke monster and dharma and others and twists and turns, but they're always these lovely, lovely episodes. This one, of course, has the big shockeroo of uh, of having the flash forward for Sun and the flashback for Jin, uh, which, in retrospect, I remember feeling like a goof for not having seen that coming during the episode. There are these little hints here and there. I believe the biggest one being the size of Jin's phone at one point. But uh, just, you know, a, a magical episode. Lovely, lovely episode. Now, during the course of this, these first eight episodes, um, I don't... I, the, the hints were made about the guy on the freighter, about Kevin Johnson. There's the mystery man who, who opens the door in the constant. And I know it's meant to be a big mystery. And, you know, I'm a pretty spoiler-free person. Uh, and even with spoiler-free discussion, you know, going on, I think everybody assumed that this Kevin Johnson was going to be Michael. That when, when there was the name of an episode, Meet Kevin Johnson... Everyone just said, oh, it's, it's going to be the return of Michael, somehow. Uh, and again, this is not even having anything to do with leaks or twists or turns. Just It kind of was just the obvious thing. Particularly if you took one little step outside of, uh, uh, outside of the show and said, hey, uh, uh, Michael, or Harold Perrineau is not on any shows. You know, he hasn't yeah, you know he's not a star of a series now, uh, so he he'd be free to do this certainly. So that's the first eight episodes. Then we have that that very quick uh, back set of episodes, the the back six, uh, much more with uh, Kimi, who you know what a what a dastardly character. Certainly somebody who. I don't know why he sticks out in people's minds, but he's you know certainly a memorable face, a memorable jaw, um, and then uh, this increasing 
business in uh, something nice back home with uh, Claire and her father. Is it her father? Uh, and, and that sort of discussion. Is it the, the smoke monster? Is it uh, a force of the island? Which is uh, a theory worth discussing when we get to that episode as well. Uh, and then we get into that three-hour finale aired over two episodes over <laughs> 14 days. Uh, there's no place like home. Obviously another uh, Wizard of Oz reference. And, uh, you know, there's there's just that, that, <sighs> that remarkable ending to the episode where, uh, you know, that... That, that wheel, the frozen donkey wheel, so-called, uh, gets turned. And, you know, in a large sense, uh, the show reinvents itself. Um, the idea that the island could move, uh, if nothing... I mean, it doesn't reinvent itself in a huge way. Certainly the, the after effects in season five, the time travel portion, uh, it, you know, w- w- would have uh, great impact for uh for for season five uh and the show's mythology so on and so forth but um you know what a what a great ending it also answers questions like uh you know these little questionable bits and pieces how could that nigerian drug plane make its way to uh uh so deep in the south pacific well we could just assume that the island was hanging around uh in the indian ocean uh, at, at at you know at that time, uh, there's as I recall, there certainly is not evidence to the otherwise. There's not evidence that it, it, the island hasn't been moved uh, recently. Uh, and even if there you know, even if there is some evidence to the contrary, it's enough to sit and say, okay, well, if the island moves, you know, blah blah blah. It also answers the question: Why is Jack having such a difficult time getting back? Um, and, uh, you know, it just, season four, just, uh, I'm looking forward to rewatching it. It's short. It's going to be, it's obviously going to be a quick little hop, skip and a jump. Uh, probably, you know, uh, I'm in a position now to be finally, uh, recording some of these episodes ahead of time and not, not kind of <laughs> in a week to week frantic, uh, rush. Probably I will be able to have, uh, Season four done on my end uh, by the end of this summer, 2012, uh, which will be an interesting experience (laughs) seeing this season, which by unfortunate, uh, I don't want to say design, but by unfortunate circumstance of the writer's strike and its after effects, this season that was presented on non-consecutive weeks uh, to be able to watch it on perhaps two a week uh, and really blast through it will certainly be an interesting experience. Uh, I suppose if there's any season to do it, this is the one with its uh, scant episode count. Uh, let's see, last little bits of things to preview here. Now looking at Lostpedia, they mentioned that the major themes are uh, the freighter and the freighter's story, uh, which survivors leave the island and how, uh, you know, what happens after their rescue. Uh, that certainly is a a poignant highlight to season four when that plane lands and the oceanic six get off wasn't that always going to be the end of the show didn't we always know that some people would get off and that would be the end uh but here it is 
smack in the middle of the series. Here it is not. You know, there's, you know, as we learned at the end of season three, uh, there's that second half of the story to tell. It's not just people getting off the island, but now uh, the after effects and the return and whatnot. Obviously, another theme uh, is is Michael, uh, and then uh, as uh, as Lospedia mentions, there's also this continued use of the flash forwards, and that being a really compelling mystery. Uh, as I've said before, we're back to who are these people and how did they get here? Uh, now, obviously, we kind of know the characters, we know the Oceanic Six, but you know we don't know drug addicted, uh, depressed, angry Jack. That's not the the, the guy we knew uh kate with a nice car not on the run well you know we don't know who that is kate who's stable who at the end of season three says you know i have to get back to him he will worry uh, who you know who's this person who's this him that that cares about her so much you know kate as a mother as we'll learn uh is the antithesis of the uh the the lack of stability that she had uh for the entire course of her story the earliest flashback where it's you know she's she's unhappy at home to uh the the death of her stepfather slash real father uh up to keeping her you know her secrets on the island and all of that uh you know it's it's you know who's this person how did they get here um some other last little uh other interesting bit here that's on uh lostpedia where did it go they have a nice little chart of how many episodes each uh each actor uh appears in uh let me ask you this dear listener uh who okay would you say that Jin appears in more less or equal episodes to lapidus uh how about uh how about Claire? How about uh, how about Miles? Think about that. I was shocked to see to get to the to get to the answer here. Of the fourteen episodes, Lapidus appears in ten. A whopping ten episodes. Doesn't it just feel like he was? I mean, not that he was always in Lost, but kind of where you sit and say, "Oh well, you know, Charlotte was in it for a time, and then she died." and uh, and uh, Miles was certainly very important, but then he kind of faded away. My goodness, Lapidus in 10 of the 14 episodes, Kimi in 9 of the 14. Uh, certainly, certainly interesting stuff indeed. Uh, I thought there'd be more interesting things, but certainly, but, you know, I don't know. Lapidus somehow, I, I think he's a beloved character, because, you know, not not a beloved major character, but a beloved supporting character, because uh, he's kind of incredulous and doesn't quite care. Uh, you know, whereas uh, you know, whereas Miles has this kind of um, I don't know, almost autistic spectrum intelligence to him, and Miles kind of has this, uh, you know, the, well, obviously his ability to hear spirits. You kind of question that in the beginning. Is it is it, is it real? Is it a game? Um, and, uh, you know, Charlotte kind of has that, uh, you know, kind of pointy nose, British high mindedness. Uh, and then there's just Lapidus who's, you know, kind of what the heck is going on? What should we do? Come on, let's go do it. And, uh, and he of course is great fun. So I guess with that, 
I'll just uh, mention that if you'd like to share feedback, the best way is saying hello to me on Twitter, where I'm looking back lost. You can send an email to looking back at lost at gmail.com or call the listener line 732-707-1815. So with that, uh, I'm very glad that we were able to uh, to uh, have this discussion because certainly when I found out that my original season four preview with uh, Pete from the PH Geek Pop Culture Podcast. Uh, when I saw that that uh, recording was no good, I was a bit, uh, a bit concerned indeed. Uh, but here we are, 36 and uh, 20 seconds into this episode, and we're, we're wrapping up. We've been able to have a good chat. And uh, with that, I will talk to you all again next week for the beginning of the end, the beginning of Season 4. Take care, everybody, and bye-bye. <laughs>